Welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Rob Mars. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast, segment three. So we're going to wrap this show up. Quick few segments. Um, let's talk about, you know, if you missed the first half of the show, I mean, the Celtics got a big victory tonight against the Lakers. Um, let's take a, a quick review of the week so far for the Celtics. Um, like I said, they lost to the Hawks. Um, it was the last game. It was on Wednesday, I believe. And then they, over the weekend, um, they end up losing. End up they end up beating the Cavs. They lost. They lost the first game against the Cavs, and then they played the Cavs again in a back to back. It was a not a back to back, but it was all. It was a a road and road. Believe it or not, it was. I never seen this before. A road and road, but it was a road and road. It was at both, both games were in Cleveland, and that happened on Monday. And they were the beat Cleveland, get the revenge game against the Cavs. Schroeder has been been sensational. Like his driving ability has been has been purely unstoppable. Like I don't know really anybody that can really stay in front of him. He's got one of the quickest first step that I've ever seen. And I looked at, like, the height. I thought all along that Dennis Schroeder was, like, the same size as Rondo because Rondo and him have similar games or similar mannerisms, similar everything about their game and stuff. As far as, like, just, you know, Rondo's more of a pure passer. Schroeder's more of a more of a scorer. But Schroeder's, like, he's bigger. He's bigger than Rondo. He's, like, about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, Maybe he looks... He looks like he's a six three. He has a really big wingspan. Rondo, him and Rondo have similar to that. Well, they do have big wingspans, and Schroeder has big wingspan. He does have more longer legs too. So I just think the way he can drive to the rim, he's just dangerous. He's very dangerous because of his length, and able and he's able to cover a lot of ground as a guard. So it's like. He's been big. I mean, he's definitely been big pretty much all week, and he was big uh, tonight. I'm just listening to Jason Tatum's post-game press conference. But um, special win tonight. And, again, I want to piggyback to Tatum. What he was able to do was purely special. Uh, he definitely – Brought into a second gauge, and Smart also really had a great outing as well. So, once again, Celtics looking good, man. Uh, the past couple games, they've been good. Um, besides the one blemish against the Hawks, pretty solid week. Pretty solid week. Two, uh, a two-in-one week so far. We'll see, have to see what they do tomorrow night against OKC. As they face off against Shea Gilgis Alexander and OKC Thunder tomorrow night. And a home and home back to back. Alright, so we're going to get a quick segment for the uh, draft scope feature. Um, With this draft scope, we're going to pretty much feature Pablo Banchero. 
the freshman sensation from Duke. Um, according to NBA Draft Net, he's projected to be number one pick. Um, and the reason why they, I mean, I didn't check ESPN or anything. What they, what they, what their opinion on it is, which pretty much is kind of like. Um, Probably the best source, but I would say NBA Draft Net is a pretty good source if you haven't checked it out. They do um, pretty good mock drafts and stuff. They have the number, uh, uh, they have Benchero number one for a good reason. He stands at 6'10, 250 pounds, very good size, um, very good skill set, can handle the ball at his size, can shoot the rock from outside. A very versatile player offensively can do pretty much do it all. Well, like I said, well-rounded um, skill set and can do so many different things to help your team win. So I think he impacts winning a little bit more than what Chet Holmgren can do as a you know as of right now in the stage of their their career. I think Chet Holmgren, you know, I I was able to see. Probably his biggest test against Texas, which Texas is more of an experienced team. They have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of transfers on Texas. So a lot of guys that played a lot of basketball in the collegiate level. So he was, he really was invisible in that game. He looked really raw. He looked kind of, you know, unsure of himself in a lot of situations because, you know, maybe depending on how they were defending him. Um, he definitely had a hard time out there, really just, you know, making an impact on the game. But I think Bonchero, more of on a bigger stage, he played against Michigan State and Tom Izzo's team, and Bonchero was awesome in that game. Besides him cramping up at the end, you know, which you might have to, like, worry about maybe, you know, getting his body to the best shape he can possibly get it. But well, once that happens, man, sky's the limit for his potential. I think he has it all out there. And I just think, with you know, obviously with his offensive output on the game and if he can improve on his defense and improve on his, you know, getting in better shape, I think he's going to be a special, special player in the in the league someday. Um, so I think he's, a, I think he's definitely, you know, slotted where he should be, I think he definitely might be the best overall prospect in the draft. Like just just because like he's just more NBA ready than Chet Holmgren doesn't mean that it may not change. Chet Holmgren might, you know, end up. You know, that was a bad. Who knows? It was a bad game early on in the season. We'll just have to see what he does. But I just think with Chet Holmgren, he's a little frail. You know, he's not even two. He's not even two hundred pounds at seven foot tall. Like he's a little bit frail. I know that he's projected to be a small forward because of his ball handling ability, but like, does he really truly have a position? Because like right now he plays center for Gonzaga, so I don't think he can really depend on him to be a three right off the bat in the NBA because you still have to be the defender three in the NBA. But I think he does have the skill set to do that as well. Like he has a lot of potential. Both of those guys have a lot of potential, but but you're. Bonchero, we know what he is. We know that he's a four. We know what he can do out there. A little bit more so than what Chet Holmgren can do. 
Plus, he kind of proved it, you know, in these first couple games that he's a much more of a better value at that at that spot. So, keep it on Ben Chero all seasons. You know, he's definitely a, a very fun player to watch. But uh, yeah, so we'll get to the next, the next um. <laughs> I've been watching like uh, Jason Tatum's uh, press conference and Evan Turner, former Celtic, is calling him while he's on uh, on the press. So that's 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 funny, man. But yeah, like we're gonna get to the next section of the show, the college football picks. We only got two games to wrap this up, so we'll start with Alabama versus Arkansas. Again, Alabama, they got to – this is a must-win for sure. But the Hogs are a team that, you know, you can't sleep on the Hogs because of their, their – they got a good quarterback in Jefferson, and they got some good skilled players. Defensively, I think they're, they're definitely could be outmatched in this game. That could be the big difference in the game is just Alabama's offense. And, you know, we all know that they have they have uh, skilled players of their own, and they have good running – Running backs of their own that could definitely give that Arkansas defense some problems. If Arkansas has a ch- will have the chance to win the game, it's going to come down to what they can do. They're going to have to run the ball. They got to keep the ball away from Alabama. Um, really, kind of control the, uh, the the time possession of the game. And Jefferson's got to really be you know good on the ground, but also you know make some plays down the field. If Arkansas could do that, make enough plays down the field, they can definitely make it a, a tougher game. But I really think Alabama is just too much. I think their defense is definitely getting better at better each week. I mean, they had a bad game against Texas A&M, but I think they've been solid ever since that game. I have Alabama winning that, and so they improved to ten and one after that game. They'll be one win away from possibly going. Well, I don't know, man. It's, but I think they're in the driver's seat to win the SEC West. I, I keep on forgetting that A&M does have uh, more than one loss. Alabama only has one loss, so they still have a chance to win the SEC West. They just got to continue to win out. So I have Alabama winning that game. And then for the last game, I have Michigan State versus Ohio State. It should be an easy one. I got the Buckeyes. Um, they are ridiculous offensively. They got one of the better quarterbacks out there, better young quarterbacks in Stroud. Um, they got all, they got all those receivers. They got three, those three legit receivers they have. The running backs are, are great as well. Um, they just got a lot of weapons. Ryan Day is, is just got those boys playing at a high level. I got the Buckeyes winning that pretty easily. Michigan State, you know, they couldn't even beat Purdue and Ohio State pretty much put up what? Almost 60 points on them last week. I got the Buckeyes winning that easily. All right, so that should be the show for this week. This is your host, Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rims and Nuts podcast. I'm out. Peace.